Hello and welcome back to the Fitcast Extra episode 36. As always, joined by Sporting Panda. How are you doing, mate? Here he is. I'm all right, thanks. Yeah, it's been a tight... I'll tell you what, I'm fatigued. <laughs> I am fatigued this week. Uh, I think, yeah, Football Index and Manchester United have, have sort of mirrored it. <laughs> They've got the paddle out. They've got the paddle out on me and I've taken quite a shellacking. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's funny. I said this to you last night um, before we get into the introduction, you know. You got Manchester United finishing third and thinking, wow, what an opportunity and goodwill around that club to now kick on and have a really good transfer window. And then you've got Football Index, who were just magnificent in COVID, I felt. And you had people like Dunwell and other traders who actually came back and joined the platform because people were like, God, if they can survive COVID, you know, they can survive anything. And it had such goodwill. So Football Index and Manchester United had such, such goodwill. And for them both to be in... I don't know whether to use the word toxic, but maybe in a more negative light in what, two or three months after that. Um, oh, it's quite unfortunate, especially because I was heavily invested <laughs> in both. But there we go. I'm fatigued. There may be some listeners that are tuning in who want to hear my tears. And uh, don't worry, I won't be escaping any Sancho talk. I'll be going into that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just a bit fatigued at the moment. And the sad thing is, Fig, I've kind of disengaged with the app, as I've said before. Too, mm. So just waiting for some actions to come out of it. But we've got loads to get into today. How are you feeling? I'm feeling all right. Yeah, a bit exhausted. I think um, September finally took its toll on me. I felt like I pumped out so much content that... Uh, and I had like a flat move, another wisdom tooth infection. Um, oh God! Not is that is that is that water floss had not been. Um, oh, I tell you what, been... it it was a small time one, so I just brushed it like a motherfucker, and it went oh, away. Okay. So mm. it wasn't that bad. I'm probably being over dramatic about that. Um, mm. But I've been having trouble sleeping recently, which is really weird. Um, I hope so that's I think, not the stress of FI. No, I don't think it is because no. I had it. I was telling you on when we were chatting yesterday, actually, that I had this this issue early 2019 where I had some some big time projects at work coming through, and I was really stressed about them. And I was waking up in the middle of the night and I couldn't go back to sleep. It was really weird. So if anyone's got some, you know, sleep expertise, hit me up. Hit me I up mean, in the DMs uh, and help me out. Apparently, marijuana is quite good for that. Yeah, but actually, uh, although it makes you sleep better. As in, like, it gets you to sleep. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't give Correct. you good sleep. That, that's actually a bit like alcohol, isn't it? Well, yeah, but that you can, can get actually, you to sleep. But yeah, you, it can get you to sleep. No, but you're, you're still right. not getting into your REM uh, exactly. full cycles. I'm, I'm losing some of my REM. That's what I'm, like, it's deep sleep that I'm not getting enough of, I think. And uh, if anyone has any suggestions on how to fix that, hit me up. But apart from that, yeah, mm. I've been quite quiet on the video side of things. I feel yeah. like, yeah. I don't know, I was just like, well, I'm just going to react to whatever happens. And we've had this weird... I guess like seven to ten day period where not that much has happened. I don't know. I mean, the transfer window was a large event, um, but ultimately on football index, there's a lot of fatigue around, which we've touched upon over the last few weeks, and more and more people deciding to just down their tools. Um, we just we were just having a discussion in, in a group a few minutes ago, and you know it seems like prices are a little bit more stable now, and there's a lack of selling. But I'm not entirely sure if it's if it's that as much as it's just fatigue and people just literally, you know, yes, they still want to sell at some stage, but they're just a little bit exhausted now and they're just waiting for the next step from Football Index. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things, right? Like, what can you do as a trader to some extent in, in markets yeah, well, like you, these, you, right? Well, you, you, you can't really 
out trade this bear cycle. I mean, no. you, know, you can you can stick to a long, well, especially with a broken mechanic. Like you can, well, de- that, yeah, you could definitely that, build for the future, but with a broken mechanic, like how do you? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's very difficult to trade these spreads. Um, and I mean, we're seeing quite a few people today talking about how the spreads are, uh, are kind of like um, uh, getting together now. And there's been some market buying that we're seeing on the ticker. But yep, yep. I think that's probably the sellers kind of just giving up and being a bit disengaged. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And, it, and it's and it's an accumulative effect. You know, I think this year has been a very challenging year for, I mean, football index as a business, of course, with COVID and uh, football being called off, but also for us traders. And I think some questionable decisions were being made before COVID and we shouldn't be using that as an excuse. You know, I go back to transfer dividends, the SM super match day points or, or dividend points where I didn't think the comms were particularly clear. And I've said it a few times. We're just in that period of an identity crisis at the moment. And we, we haven't spoken since that piece of comms from Adam Cole. Well, we, we, we? we haven't, have we? No. So we got a piece of comms out last week, which feels like a long time ago now. And the market didn't respond particularly well to that. And I felt a touch patronising. Yeah, it was. I was going to say you that. Know, like, you know, we probably don't want to hear at this stage in time, well, prices drop, your yields go up. Well, that's probably not going to quite cut the mustard now. And mm. I also think we want to move away from this blue sky thinking. I'm now at a point where I don't want to hear about tennis index, Germany, FCA licenses, alternative asset classes. You know, let's just put that, that can all come. And I believe we're going to get there, but I think we need to focus on the here and now and address a, a fairly unhappy, you know, customer base. And we can't be hearing FCA licenses a tease. I mean, where's, where's, as I said, where's tennis index gone? Where, where's Germany gone? And, you know, where's a media monitor? Where's NASDAQ? So there's many th- things need to be tightened up and we need to really hone in and perfect three or four actionable steps. The good news is, you know, it's not all doom and gloom and there are absolutely things that I think they should do. And people can obviously agree or disagree with me that will get this show back on the road. Yeah. But, um, you know, the announcement last week, no, I'm, you know, I don't really want to hear it. I read, I read that and kind of knew straight away there'd be some uh, quite adverse opinions and quite yep. uh, negativity yep. towards yep. it. And I just wonder, you know, like when they were putting that together, what what was the intention? I feel like, you know, when Chris yeah, Harris yeah. comes on this podcast, yep. Panda, that you're quite a fan of, like he talks about pieces of, of comms yeah. Yeah. having intent and like you want a, you want the you want the cop piece of comms to have initiative and, and yep, it has yep, to have like yep. a, a purpose. And that didn't really well, feel yeah, again, and, and, like it had any purpose. And we need actions, 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 actions. Yes. We don't want more announcements about this will come in this stage. This will come do some things, tell us what you've done and then maybe add a couple of a bolt on a couple of actions to that, but do some actions first. And I've got all, I, I keep saying it. I've got so much sympathy. We know that, you know, there's a few percent of the community that are always going to sell up that, that, potentially a trolls that just want to see the product, you know, go up in flames. And, you know, let's ignore those for a minute. But I'm talking to people that are hurting now that have seen 12 to 18 months of hard graft disappear on their apps. I mean, it's a bit like me going to Santander and saying, oh, uh, you know, put my card in, have a look at my bank balance. Bank balance is zero. But the bank manager's saying to me, oh, don't worry, mate. It's just tucked in the back room. It's, you know, just <laughs> the desk. You know I, I don't care. Oh, what's the number on the screen? And we've all been told to focus on this number for the last three years. 
and we had the most positive valuation metric mm. and we flipped that to go to the most negative valuation metric. And that has caused so much fear. People don't understand why their portfolios are dropping. And say a handful of us can say, right, we know not much selling has, has gone on. And really it's an artificial drop and it shouldn't really be down there. Why was it introduced in the first place? It spread such negativity, such fear. You know, people like Mel, who I haven't always disagreed with their points. We had a bit of dialogue on Sunday. You know, these people don't want to leave the platform, but they're kind of feeling like they're left in no man's land. No man's land now. Stuck in the mud. Yeah. And they've been abandoned because these people have got this product to where it is. And... Of course, some are always going to want to leave. I reiterate that. I'm not trying to keep everyone and we can't always please everybody, but they've backed it. They've been loyal and it's like, okay, well, well now just before a surge of unemployment and as we head to the winter, here's the most pessimistic uh, valuation methodology. And here is a really clumsy mechanic where prices can like literally fall out of their ass. And there are theoretically some, of course, there are some financial markets models we can and theories that we can apply um so i think if you bring some city traders on they would say let it bottom out uh let's find the bottom and blah blah but they you can't always apply that to football index this isn't this isn't a functioning market and well, especially when know, the, ma- the mechanics aren't functioning yeah i don't know if there is a bottom so th- but you know um so we need the actions I'll, I'll go into what these actions need to be i think in a little while but um, look, we had the trader panel today for mm. those of you who are tuning in. There was one on Monday, which I've heard little bits and pieces about. There was one today, so we can touch upon that. Um, but where do you want to go now, Fig? I'm open for you to lead. <laughs> I don't, I'm not used to the lead dancer in this. Uh, in you this are, duo. you always lead nah, me, like I'm in the joking. tango. You're the, you're, you're the ultimate dance partner. Now. You lead and I'll follow. Well, I think, you know... Um, where should we kick off? I think that the trader panel, let's let's talk a little bit right. about that. How did you, how did you find it? Did right. you find it, uh, you know, uh, did you think it was worthwhile? Yep. Okay. Well, let me kick off then. And you, I, I want to hear your thoughts. People probably are more Absolutely. interested in your thoughts than mine. But <laughs> I, I found it, I found it good. Um, I found it useful. I've gone away from it with more emotional positivity than before it. There was a real sincerity. Um, in the voices I heard and concern about the current state of the market and a real will to do things correct. And I think that's important. This is this is a fairly new concept and they're going through it in the dark a little bit through trial and error. Um, and, you know, they're, they're probably, dare I say cheekily, there's a bit of a skill gap. I'm not sure they understand that the actions that they make, what impact that has on the traders who are living and breathing this on it every day. So I think focus groups and that acknowledgement that there can be these trader panels now consistently, not with the same people, with a rotation of people, all different port sizes who can trial things and give them feedback on multiple options. That will be a very valuable tool because, you know, I, I was very bullish about order books, but that was because I thought um, liquidity and market makers were, were going to be there where really they haven't. Yeah, it, it's kind of with uh, enough ammunition. You know? the, ana- the analogy I gave was like, I mean, I think we've we've caught some flack on, on various um, social media yeah. platforms being like, yeah, oh, yeah. well, you know, they said it would be rockets. And it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like seven years ago, me being like, well, Arsenal really need a centre back and then us buying Squilacci. Do you know what I mean? it's like we were right in what we needed but the execution and what was brought through was completely incorrect you you know i I understand that some traders out there never wanted to go to order books and they're very hesitant about it and they think that that's f the platform 
And I do, I do, I do understand that somewhat, but the, it was the execution of the order books, which was the problem versus the order books themselves. Order books are a vehicle and a facilitator for this platform to go from strength to strength. But the X, the, the design and the implementation of the order books was completely flawed. So I'm very and happy. And is completely flawed. And is to this day. And I'm very happy to accept criticism. We said, well, you thought order books would be rockets, um, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, yes, I did. But I expected design and implementation to be different. So, Well, I mean, no one expected the design and implementation to be like like it is and the the kind of adverse effects it's had on the market i mean um you know one of the one of the things that i tried to stress on this panel was uh, urgency and um kind of like just how important it was to rectify some of these mechanics and some of these issues to create positive momentum in the market yeah and what i did stress to them um is that there isn't one haymaker that's out there that's going to fix this. I don't believe there's a magic wand. And I've said this for many weeks that you can wave and make everything go rosy again. There needs to be four or five very strong ideas put forward and actioned, which get this show back on the road. I think you can say 2020 was a transitional year. Um, You've got some teething troubles out the way, you know, you've launched all the books. There were some challenges there in the community. Um, but you need to stress that the runway's cleared. We're now ready for takeoff. And this is how we're going to get to that next level and soar. And I think it absolutely can be done. But it, the, this, the state is that it is a, a slight emergency and things need to move quickly now. It's been four weeks since Black Sunday. Um, that's, but it's a, that's such a long time. It's a long time. And look, the mental toll it takes on people. I mean, that, I don't log into the app because I don't want to look at that green number what's the point i mean you know it's no fun watching football but knowing that you're going to go on and no matter what your player does he's going to drop where's the fun factor in that so that engagement is gone um so all of this needs to be brought back and it's going to take a suite of ideas to get us back there is was my takeaway so the emergency that you were stressing i felt like football index on the trader panel understood that um i'm sure there'll be um some actions very soon i think they are very aware i don't think they would have had trader panels this week especially with adam cole sitting on them if they weren't aware of some of the um perhaps error of their ways so i'm very optimistic like i always have been but that doesn't stop me being frustrated at the same time but i'm frustrated again because i'm passionate so you know it's yeah it's a bit of a pickle yeah did you want to go through a little bit about some of the potential solutions that were kind of um yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, talked about in the panel i mean i'm sure we'll be able to say them because a lot of these things have been said on twitter anyway you know absolutely yeah i mean the, the important thing to stress for any conspiracy theorists is that there's no nda no no insider information because obviously with the mature market you can't afford to be tipping off so there's nothing new here it's an open forum it's gonna be there's gonna be notes released you know it's a focus group and really like dunwell or like any of us put on twitter in our threads and ideas we just vocalize them so these aren't as you say uh hidden secretive ideas in fact they're, they're things that we've probably mentioned on the podcast before they, they, they are they <laughs> are they are so number one i would fix the pricing mechanic and i'd move to um oh i saw a suggestion from uh perry and lee butler on that the the weighted oh i have to hang on edit this out while i um get it up 
<laughs> well, I mean, my, my suggestion while you get it up was, uh, and I won't edit this out, was that just to do a percentage <laughs> of shares in circulation. Um, That's what I mean. Yeah, but the 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 VWAP. Yeah, you either you either do that, or I That's think um, Libby had a had a reasonably good suggestion that you're pulling up now. But I think you know uh, if you have the nine hundred as a as a bare minimum, but also if say it's one percent of shares in circulation if it gets to a player that has ninety thousand shares in circulation or more then that one percent obviously becomes yeah, a thousand so, shares so, so this, this yeah so this is where i was going yeah so you you would have your buy and sell buttons as they are on screen now but you would have another box next to it which had a valuation piece in it um, and that would be a, a percentage system based on total shares in circulation, as you just said. And that feels more progressive. And that would then feed into our valuation on our ports. Because, you know, the old mechanism was, I guess, like we said, the most bullish. This one is the most pessimistic. You need some middle ground. So they need to fix that mechanic um, and that valuation methodology, which, you know, brings the prices up. I would personally go for market reset, but there's some... There's some questionable opinions about whether you do that or not. But for me, I think it's really powerful that we have had a platform reset anyway now. You know, users of a year or two ago that signed up to a platform are now on a different platform with all the books. And I think if you were to reset prices, you were to clear everything off and you were to introduce a share split in six months time. I think that is so powerful almost to say, you know, look platforms had a reset we're going to reset the prices and then you take sancho back to three pounds you take neymar to two pounds fifty they are a lot more affordable to people at the same time you say well these are the prices that were back in 2017 for all those people that wanted to invest in look you can now and not only can you do that now with those prices but you have nasdaq on board all the books you have better yields than ever before and it's almost like ground zero and we go again i think Owning up to some of the mistakes, fixing the pricing mechanics, um, resetting prices and having a share split. That's very that's a lot for people to walk away from. And I think that's the type of thinking and the, the, I dare say the carrots. But that's, you know, what we need to be luring people to and moving forward to. Let me just add, I know liquidity is a key, key answer. And I always have. But that's a very easy solution. I think we want more than that. And I think this enables everyone to reset, go back to those prices, and we go again. And I so, mean, it's it's not really a want, it's a need, right? Because I think it's a need. if your FI yeah, is a yeah. business, you can't risk just changing the VWAP and adding liquidity and resetting the market. Because if that doesn't work, then you're... Well, if it doesn't not work, if it... Because it... What I'm trying to say, it has to rocket it, if that makes sense. It can't just help the stop the bleeding it has to be a complete yep, swap yep. it has to be a complete flip and um, one it of does. the things one of the things that i think i mentioned on, on the panel and i think i mentioned on 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 twitter quite a bit recently and in, in chats and stuff so it's again it's no no secret that we've mentioned it on the podcast a million times i think this is the first time someone came and talked about it on the podcast was uh headhunter when he first appeared on but one one of the things i mentioned was the usp of the product has been lost slightly in the long-term bet you know, yes. people want to build portfolios and people want to actually uh, hold players for a long time that they believe in and be rewarded for holding those players that they believe in. Mm -hmm. And at the moment, with the with the mistiming of 5x uh, in play dividends, yeah, well, FI really moved away from that. And I, yeah, I think and, what... It, go on, sorry. 
Sorry, 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 you go, you go. Uh, no, I was just going to say, like, one of the things that I think they need to get back on track on is, isn't just saying, like, the yields are great now, but actually talk about, like, what the yields will look like three years from now. Because if you're someone coming in with big money here right now, and it's going to be, you're playing the long game, essentially, you want to know what the yields might look like after, in August 2021, and in August 2022, and in August 23. And I think it might not be a thing where you say, well, we're increasing dividends by this much then, and this much in 2022, and this much in 2023. But if you say, right, this is the size of the market right now, August 2021, if we get to this size of market, this is how much it will increase by and tether it to the market cap. And I kind of put that point across, not because it's like something that needs to be done right now and and not something that needs to be, um, it is the priority, but I do think it's one of the suite of tools that FI should look at and think about because they've moved so far away. And admittedly, that's not been intentionally through the 5X in play dividends. They've moved so far away from that USP, which is the long-term bet, that I think hammering that home and and giving that uh, a real vocal point needs to be looked at. Mm -hmm. And this is why I snapped a little bit at Rick FIFS. So sort of apologize, sort of don't for that. <laughs> but he just caught my, caught my, um, he caught oh, the right hook. The caught the, the fire. And, and they, because I'm just seeing everywhere now people talk about what they're going to return in three years. Like it's the be all and end all. Oh. I mean, it's just a load of shit. It's... So I don't really apologize for calling that out. That isn't a win. You know, you can have Messi at five quid. He can return five pounds within the next three years and he can retire at the end of it. So you bought him for five pounds at the end that shares worth zero, but you've made five pounds of dividends in the meantime. That's a nil gain, nil loss position, really. Although you can use the dividends here and now to, to buy other players and potentially get gains on them. But the time value of money means the, the money you're getting in year three isn't worth what it is today. Mm. So ultimately, that's just a. That's just a break-even bit at best. Why are we worried about what they're going to return in the next three years? Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, if I have a player at 20 years old, he can return 5 to 10% over the next three years. In three years' time, he's 23 years old. He's still not in the prime of his career, but his game's you know growing. He's assuming more set pieces, asserting more dominance on a game. I can sell him for a higher price than I've got today because I expect his yields to go up between years three and six. You know, so we just that's what frustrates me with some of the Twitter accounts that are falling into the Panda 20. This obsession <laughs> and this clueless ideology that, and people say, why are you worried? Because, um, you know, let everyone value things how they want to value them. And I do agree to an extent with that philosophy, but it's, it just frustrated me because it's just very, it's I think very it's the spread of misinformation, it's which is frustrating. Misinformation and, you know, everybody's chasing this short-termism and the USP of the product's been lost. And I think five times IPD somewhat ha- has done that. And it kind of brushed over the double dividends we had. And obviously that's never really had a chance to flower. And I hope that we move away from gimmicks and the the, the double dividends that we've got and the USP of this product are enabled now to flourish. Well, that was one of the things that, that took away from the panel that I think everyone nodded their heads at was stop the gimmicks. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, it it makes no sense. You can't scale a platform like this. If I want to have a gimmicky bet, I'm going to still go to a bookmaker. So I think that's a very hard market to steal. Um, You know, that that short-termism and that, that instant hit because it's a rush to the exit on those IPDs anyway. And it just ends up going around in circles. Whereas if you focus on the USP and the long-term dynamic of a bet, 
the value keeps stacking up, the money into the platform keeps stacking up, you know, and you have some hard money in there. So everything has more of a foundation on it. But right now, I don't think seasoned traders, I don't think new traders, I don't think anybody particularly happy at the moment, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that that one of the things that that Adam Cole piece of comms did was actually anger the more experienced traders <laughs> because it's like you know saying that you might get an FCA license at some point in the future and saying that prices go down equals bigger yields doesn't it doesn't solve anything. Like we said it on the podcast, right? Where um, you know no, it doesn't solve anything. Yeah, like we we can say you know buying at lower prices means that your yields are higher. That's just a fact, but. No. If if you say that as commentary in the community, no. as a fact, it, it it's in context. It makes sense. But when Adam Cole says it as like a a reason to keep people on the platform and a reason for why this platform platform will become great in the future, it, it just left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. But um, I mean, anything that you wanted to add on the on the trader um, panel? Not really. I thought it was valuable, worthwhile. They're listening. They have always listened as a business. And, you know, to their credits, they've always reacted well. But the trouble is they're probably being too reactive and they need to do some more forward planning. But the main thing was for me that it wasn't a blame game. It wasn't just listing everything they've done wrong. The facts are, you know, this is where we are today on the 8th of October. And what can we do to move forward? And that's the key for me, you know, rather than just throwing blame around. So I thought it was productive and we'll see what the next couple of weeks bring. Yes. Um, I mean, you mentioned the Panda 20. How's that going? Have you got... Yeah, I dropped off really with transfer deadline day. Uh, May, I, I added my first name uh, last week to that so people can see that. Um, I've got a couple that are going to be added over the next few days that two particularly toxic accounts, which they, they're more than happy to move into the, the personal uh, life of things and throw accusations around so i've got some screenshots which is quite nasty really... isn't it yeah you just don't need to do that um you know even rick and i have had some crosswords bless us but you know we always stick to the character and the platform you know we don't go beyond that so you know i don't even think rick will be on the panda 20 but we'll, we'll oh, see wow. how things okay. we'll see how things Fair move forward but you know hopefully we'll claim another <laughs> congratulations <laughs> you're not on the panda 20 <laughs> so you know i there is a long list, sadly, of about 50 that I'm working oh, to wow. down. It's only going to be 20. I think the next couple will be out, you know, in the next few days. I think this is going to turn into, like, you know, the Forbes 30 under 30. People are going to start putting <laughs> it put in their bio. Hashtag Panda 20. I don't think people are that worried about it. Okay. But maybe they will be. So that's coming up. Um, I had my stint quickly. of um, Darth, Darth Fig, actually, over the weekend. I've, this week has gone so happened? long, but I, just, yeah. you know, it felt unnecessary. There's so much shit flying about that I just think it harms... It harms the community and it harms it the platform, does, and I just don't like that. The best thing is to mute them. I find or block, yeah, which is obviously why offering guidance on this. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to? Do you look? People are probably shouting at the thing about uh, shouting at the the speakers about Sancho. Do you want to quickly grill me? On yes, that? transfer window. They, all right, so wrong. so I, so I want to start I, with that. <laughs> where do I start? All right, so <laughs> so you tell me. Breaking right. news comes out that um, it might be as Mane Dembele. That United start going after. Yeah. What's your first thoughts on that? Right. So the first thoughts are: let's rewind the clock and let's talk about buying Sancho last October. And as I made that purchase, and I've been topping up through the year, I had a high price, a medium price, and a low price based on outcomes and scenarios. You know, high price was going to Manchester United. That was utopia, and that was obviously going to lead, I think, to a very, very high price. You then had staying at Dortmund for another year and being the main playmaker there with the move next summer. And then you had, obviously, 
low price, which is probably PSG to be fair. So first of all, you need to have, you need to scenario plan so that when this news breaks or the transfer doesn't materialize you're not, you know, thinking the shit's hit the fan and panicking because no one likes to panic. So always prepare for every outcome. Even though I was 90% confident he was going to come to Manchester United, you have to prepare for every outcome so you don't panic. So when Usman Dembele gets linked last week to answer your question, um, I laugh it off because I think that it just makes no sense to me because they're not going to spend that amount of money on him and... Um, Equally alone doesn't really suit Barcelona because he then goes back with a year left and they've lost all leverage in the transfer market. So Usman Dembele didn't really bother me too much. But, you know, as time was going on, I was getting more and more baffled as to why this Sancho deal wasn't happening. And the article by The Athletic on Monday was a, was a really good read. Mm. What made me laugh in that was a comment which talks about Edward was playing poker. Um, <laughs> yeah, Zork, I know this. Whereas uh, Zork wasn't even at the table. <laughs> I was just like, oh no. I just, what have I done? You know? It was a shocking window for Manchester United. I'm stunned. The worst I've seen by a big club. I'm devastated he hasn't come, by the way. You know, I mean, I am really upset about it. Mainly, well, financially, of course, and from the bet perspective. But secondly, because, you know, the same reason I wanted Messi to come to this country, even though financially it may have not been in my best interest on Football Index, I want to see the global superstars ply their trade in England. So I was really disappointed from a footballing perspective that Sancho didn't arrive. Um, that was kind of one emotion. The second one was just of like, ah, oh, just a massive exhale and just dismay, really, that Manchester United have now consistently backed a manager with funds and then, you know, Mourinho got second and Van Gaal did okay. And they're back the new manager. And then they haven't followed that up with big funding in the second window, in the second period. And ultimately, those managers have had to fall on their swords because they just haven't had the backing. And it was a shocking window. You know, if Manchester United wouldn't have got Sancho on August the 10th, they could have turned their attention to a centre-back or a defensive midfielder. But the fact they waited so long and still thought he was coming and obviously I did as well so I was completely wrong um you know it, it's one of the one of the worst things I've actually seen and one of the more confusing things I've seen what I will say from a from a gambling perspective is that I outcome bias I don't want that to deter from the bet at the time the process you know, good yes the process of my decision making on that bet was sensational and I'd make it hundred I would make it one hundred times out of a hundred times. And the irony is, yes, he has fallen, but a lot of other players have fallen on the market and in percentage. You should have put it all in goalkeepers though. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Like, yeah, you would've you would have got you would have got you would have got you would have got a better yield. Yeah, though, yeah. So we'll probably have a few questions later on it, but you know, ultimately what's my plan? There, there is no plan really. I, if you look at my pinned thread, my pinned tweet on my uh, platform sorry my profile i'm not running away from sancho i never had any intention of it i'll watch him as a playmaker this year develop and i'll ride through to the summer window next year so no real concerns short term absolutely it's it's cost me a little bit because i was hoping for a strong stream of dividends when he arrived and i was going to use those dividends which i have been using over the last nine months to buy other players so obviously i've lost that quick influx of dividends from Sancho so I'm going to do a little bit of portfolio rearranging but Sancho will be firmly there for next summer yeah so, yeah I no think... real dramas but obviously very disappointing yeah I mean yeah disappointing I mean for most people on the index even if you didn't own him it would have 
probably made for you know a lot of uh, reinvested dividends it would have made for a lot of uh, i think so and, it, and it's a no lot of buzz around the platform you know yeah 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 and it's hilarious i mean you know we get these people that laughing about his drop which is fine i mean i understand that was always going to happen it comes with the terror so <laughs> take that all on board but you know it's sad that as he's dropped everyone else has dropped <laughs> I'm, not sure. I'm not sure if that's good it's not, not but, good uh, there's not been be too many wish for. <laughs> not been too many players that have been immune to this i mean there's a, a no. couple maybe two or three that i've i've got that i haven't really fallen that much but no that's um, true you know your immediate dividend winners maybe like Kimmich and people have held fairly stable but um you know i'll be going again next summer i'll be building up over the next year and we'll revisit it but obviously are you how are you confident on his pb capabilities yeah i am yeah i am i think that three gold wins is absolutely doable um i think you know, no matter the transfer next year, if we have a Liverpool versus PSG versus United, we're going to see a good stream of media dividends. I still think from this point, you know, fast forward 12 months, he'll be in the top five dividend returners on the platform, if not top two. So nothing's really changed for me. January, no, I think it's impossible. I think it's impossible. I think that United may may stoke the fires again and may look to wear Dortmund down. But I think that if Dortmund are through to the knockout stage of the Champions League, it's a very difficult asset to prize away. I mean, one thing this does do is with Dortmund are almost backing my opinion because Dortmund aren't saying this is a global pandemic. We need to offload Sancho ASAP to get the cash in. They're saying here, yes, we made a financial loss this year, but we've got a prize jewel in our ranks. We'll just sell him next year. And we know there's going to be competition to buy him. So they're not looking to rush him on. It's a bit like me not selling any Sancho to market now. Why the hell would I sell Sancho now at £10 when I value him at 25 You know, I just, I'm not going to sell him cheap unless I'm in urgent need of cash, of course. And there's, there's a different argument. But, you know, they don't, they don't want to sell their asset. They want to keep him for another year. So, um, you know, I don't think there's going to be a lot of Sancho talk now until the new year because people are probably fed up of it. But it was a really, really interesting saga. Uh, it's been quite draining. And... We will go again, you know, uh, next summer for me. We go again. We go again. Um, well, speaking of going again, I yes. need to plug the patron. You do, um, sir. And I'll tell you what, for people out there, before you plug it, what a patron it is. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually had some glowing words about the Discord, especially. Um, it's superb. And the, the webinar that we did with uh, the Dumb World. But the people have been like, yeah, this, the Discord chat is really, really good, isn't it? And I'm like, yeah, I'm quite surprised, actually. <laughs> I think you might need to start taking entrance exams to get in there because it's very high. It's high quality. What? So you have to pay and you have to do an exam? Yeah. And you have to do a little sort of basic, you know, FI, like general knowledge quiz or something. Just, just to ensure, oh you know, you, you don't lower the quality. Of Someone did ask me that. They were like, oh, what if X person came on? And I was like, well, I think it's my Discord, right? I don't really care about eight quid a month if they're absolutely dickheads. I just kick them off. <laughs> but yeah no check that out p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash f-i guide people really enjoying it still and uh yeah hopefully that keeps growing uh, and also plug the athletic uh panda mentioned a great article there about how uh edward Wood was basically a fucking idiot uh theathletic.co.uk forward slash fig uh for 40 mm. percent off your yearly subscription at two pound 99 per month panda anything recently £2.99 or more? Uh, I got a KFC for lunch, a bone Did you? Banquet, which was £8.19. Jesus. And I got a, fat, a can of uh, Tango that, Orange I, with it. Oh, I really love Tango Apple. Yeah, I, I used to have that at school, the Lamberger. Mm. Mm. Um, are you a fan mm. of KFC chips? They've okay, got worse, you know? haven't they? They've got. I'm pleased you used the word chip because they're not really French fries, are they? No, they're, they're not. A bit, they're a bit too thick. 
No, no, they're not. They're, they're not. a little bit soggy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't really know. They try and do like the skin on thing as well, but it doesn't really work for them. No, it doesn't. No, no. Um, and it was quite salty, to be honest. I'll probably be waking up all through the night and like crawling to get water from the bathroom tap. <laughs> I should take the Britta jug up, shouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why well, not take that up? I think, speaking of Brita jugs, I've realised that my tap water here in my new flat is actually quite nice. Tastes how's quite good. Ha- and how's your hair on it? you got hard water or soft water? Uh, is your hair responding well to the water? Yeah, it's responding all right. I think most good. water in London is quite hard, though, isn't it? It's hard as they, hard as they come. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, go on, you ask uh, first. No, go, right, okay. Okie dokie. <laughs> um, let me bring up... Um, Have we covered everything? Yes, right. Okay, uh, MCR, ABC, any theories behind the recent spate of goals, drubbings in the Premier League? COVID conditions are abnormal, but we've not seen such extremes in other top leagues. Um, I think this is one of the worst defensive Premier League that we've seen. Yep. Like, even if you look at some of the top teams, okay, you look at United, they literally have... Two centre-backs in Lindelof and Bailly who yep. are mid-table at best, you know? Uh, Harry Maguire, I think he's actually a good centre-back. He just does... He hates a high line. Can't play it. Luke Shaw, I don't know if you saw that David De Gea. Did you see yeah, that? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, I did. Calling I mean, him and he covered the front post. He's an idiot. He's awful though, da- uh, Luke Shaw. He's awful, he awful. Is, and then Aaron Wan-Bissaka, bless him. Young kid, literally his second, his third season in, in the Premier League. Like, there's only so much you can expect. And then you look at Chelsea. We've talked about their their weak spine all the time. But like, when you bring in someone like Thiago Silva as your only defensive signing at centre-back. It's questionable, it's isn't it? It's so questionable. I mean, I mean, ironically... Arsenal seem to have made the best centre-back signing out of all of them, uh, which yeah. is really like uh, not, yeah. not the type of thing that you usually see in Gabriel. No, I, mean, I think no. it's really, really good. Um, and but even, but even they don't look good, right? And then if you look at Spurs, Davidson, Sanchez and Dyer are woeful centre-backs. Yeah, they yeah. got. I think they were quite lucky that United didn't press them more with 11 men after that, but it's, it yeah, has it's just been, bad, isn't it? It, ha- it has felt a strange start to the season. Really I'm not sure strange. If that's because teams have had, you know, they finished really late some had European competition you know new signings haven't really bedded in yet there might be a little bit of fatigue in the teams because it just feels like we haven't really reset it's just been one long elongated period of football with like little mini breaks in the middle and it just looks like when teams go behind their heads drop a bit um it's just been a little bit odd you know I don't think you're getting everyone at their best on a given day I mean Liverpool just just all over the shop last week. I mean, Grealish was absolutely brilliant. He was brilliant. Um, him. He probably deserves to start on the left for England. Not that he will, because Southgate hates him. But <laughs> he's just absolutely, absolutely sensational. I got told a story through a, a friend of a friend of a friend uh, about some coaching stuff. Um, that when uh, Gareth Southgate took over, I don't know if this is like public knowledge, by the way. So I might be, I might be, I might be doing him in here. But uh, apparently, Gareth Southgate took over England under twenty one uh, training once. And under 23s, I don't remember which one. And uh, Grealish was part of that. And he ran this training session, ran this group. And he asked people to put down on a piece of paper what they thought of it and put it in a box. And uh, it's supposed to be anonymous. And apparently Jack Grealish wrote fucking knob on his piece of paper and put it in a box. And that's where it stemmed from. Which is pretty brutal, isn't it? It must have been pretty shit, hasn't it, that training session? Yeah, it must have. God, it shocked me that. (laughs) I also um, I also think the uh, non-fans thing, like, like when I was watching Liverpool Arsenal, 
I looked at, like, I thought Liverpool were phenomenal, right? Uh, just to be clear. But I just wonder, like, how much more scared would I have been as an Arsenal fan if that raucous Anfield crowd was behind that Liverpool team? Yeah, and, and we're, yeah, and interestingly, we're seeing that a lot in the NFL. So the Dome teams, like, oh, a bit boring actually, but well, no, maybe not. Teams in the NFL... Uh, complain domes so enclosed environments and those have just raucous noise because as you can imagine the noise echoes off the roof and it makes for a more hostile environment and dome teams have particularly struggled and quarterbacks that go on the road to play in domes they tend to struggle because they can't get their communication right at the line of scrimmage um but aaron Rodgers, for example is just purring this year and there is no crowd noise and it's a big game changer and i don't think vegas has identified what the point impact is on no crowd noise but it's a huge factor across all sports i, f- I find it fascinating this whole thing um so but yes right uh on to the next question from you from me uh well i'm, I'm just scrolling through uh, FI Berbatov, how was the re- uh, recent trader panel chosen? Seems like it was filled with fig in his recent guest. Seems a strange choice considering you all have a very good platform to voice your opinions. Brady, not a g- dig at you guys, more questioning FI's decision making. Mm. Um, yeah, I, d- I don't know. I mean, I. It was my panel, right, Panda? <laughs> <laughs> I can just answer really from, you know, I guess they want people that are taken on board uh, cross-sections of the community. Um, there were varying traders on there today, I can assure you. Um, I didn't know everyone on there at all. Mm. Um, so I could see how that, that may look, but I think, you know, that's tin hat theory. So. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it is. One of the things I did realise was that they were looking at people who had quite good business experience. Is that, like, quite... That may be fair. Yeah, I think I think there were some people on there that I didn't know that had had very um, you know held positions high up in processes, yeah, in exchanges in banks, forecasting, um, forecasting, and they're trying to leverage multiple skill sets yeah. across their community. Um, and you know, I think in times of crisis, you need people that aren't going to go on there full of emotion and panic mm. and fear that are slagging off the platform. You want people that can go on with a calm head and be sensible and really think, okay, and you know, this is where we are. Don't worry about name calling, blame, slagging off the platform, social media, just constructive, good feedback and yeah. two way dialogue. Um, and I think they've done a good job of getting the people on there that were going to offer that. I mean, you know, they're not going to bring people on, are they, that have been slagging off the platform left, right and centre, being toxic. Or people that know, just don't understand it, really. Don't understand the mechanic. You know, yeah, exactly. Haven't bothered to learn the game rules. So, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. I sort of disagree with it, though. Um, gents, this is from GPLO, one of the star traders at the moment. Um, he says, how have, you, have you been doing a little market making yourselves recently? No, I've down tools, PLO. What about you, Fig? No, not really. Okay, number two. Probably at ten, 10% of my usual capacity. Okay. Number two, fancy making a prediction when the tide will turn? Well, I said three weeks last week, so I can't really turn on that, can I? No, I think I said about three to four weeks. So I think... I thought you said like two, three months. Oh, did I? Yeah. Oh, I think I did for full... Yes, I did. I did... The tide turning, though, I mean, look, how long before we really have got liftoff again and soaring? Maybe two to three months, because I think the actions that I would demand may require a little bit of time. But some of the actions 
are very quick wins and they're simple to implement and I think it would help a lot. So I think we could see s- some positivity in the next two to three weeks. Um, the number three for you, you reckon we will get more of these freak results? Well, we've touched upon yes. that. I think we, I think we will and you do as well. Okay. How hard is it to been to, to bet on these, Panda? I haven't been, I haven't been to be honest. Down these um, tools completely. Yeah, I mean, I did, I did fall, I did do quite a bit, didn't I? I shared a few bets with you at the back end of last season. Um, you know, with the Leicester Highline and some other little insights I found. So I was doing a bit, you know, I was reluctant to initially after COVID. Then I found a bit of a groove, but really FI has taken a lot of my attention and and, um, and thoughts, to be honest, at the start of this season. So I've been really FI focused and obviously we've had a puppy in the house as well. So there's been some extra strain on timings and bits and pieces. So, and I've not been well, so I haven't really been doing too much. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we've got a question here from, sorry, I'm just laughing at some of these cause I'm obviously not going to ask them, but <laughs> they're quite funny. You can uh, ask anything. <laughs> <that's> so... <laughs> no, I don't think I could ask that one. Old man FI. There've been some fantastic discussions recently about the current situation of the market, potential solutions, and also about general trading strategy and reading the market through various, uh, of ver through various qualitative and quantitative data it was terribly terrible terrible question here old man who i'm trying to get on the podcast actually just not having it i would love to hear it do you think there is another platform aside from the from fixed discord currently where this type of focused educational and informative discussion takes place to the level that's been seen recently with such diverse group of people from various backgrounds i'm i suggest there isn't but i'm interested in what you guys think i've obviously just plugging the patron here with that question Look, it's, it's a plug and people can, they don't have to take notice of me, but I genuinely feel that the best discussion I've seen on the market state and the quality of thoughts on there are the best on the patron. Elite stuff. Elite stuff. Um, Your turn. Mr. M- Mr. Market, do you know, did you notice a pattern in players who suffered the largest price drops? If yes, what was it? Well, I love them rockets. Well, I can say, Mr. Market, I haven't really been too engaged with the market in this bear cycle i've no, i've noticed that you know your immediate dividend winners have held up a little bit more so your, your kimmiches etc etc and your players with not high ownership maybe like a lamp d have been okay but generally speaking i think everybody's just fallen off a bit of a cliff you know i you know as i said i understood completely the sancho drop but i expected bruno and greenwood to rise against that but they've dropped quite heavily too so i don't really i think the pattern to me is negative on the market so i haven't really studied any drops particularly mm. and i've down tools um we've got a question here from tom g how glad are you mm. from the discord <laughs> how glad are you that you can't get your kind of stakes on transfers at bookmakers in that your area of expertise transfers <laughs> <laughs> yeah very good i'm sure there'll be a few more of these pot shots in there and I'm, uh yeah someone in a group chat with me with me said well, hang on, if you're saying this is the best bet ever, why aren't you placing this on, um, you know, at Betfair or Bet365 or whatever? Well, I couldn't anyway place it on a bookmaker because I don't have limits. But on Betfair Exchange, I wouldn't because if it wasn't to happen this summer, I lose my whole stake. Yeah. You know, this is the beauty of Football Index. The only reason I assessed it as such a high quality bet is because even the outcome of him not coming, that was okay. My downside was so limited. You know, I had a 20, 21-year-old generational player, in my opinion, I want a caveat. Not everyone agrees, but who I trust and love as a footballer. And I had the transfer next summer. And he's a main creative force at a high-level German team. 
So, you know, I wouldn't have placed that level bet at a bookmaker. Betting on football index is a completely different proposition. It is indeed. Uh, your turn. Um, Agent Panda. Oh, well, will you be holding Sancho long term, uh, at least until next summer? Absolutely, I will. And I will say screenshots along the way with people. Um, there's <laughs> going to be no devious tactics or selling going on there. Um, Soccer Index, another quick one. Can we please have a sneak preview on the next entrant to the Panda 20? Do you have any specific criteria for your selections? I think miserable people, um, uninformed people. Uh, troll-like qualities. They're the three big ones for me. Did you see, uh, did you see hmm. TW's bingo card? Yeah, it was a good bingo card. It was good, to be fair. A lot of good names on there. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find one for you here. Question for Fig. I've got it. Index Jesus. Kosovo versus England in a crucial Euro 2021 group game. Kosovo with a 90th minute penalty that would see them make it 3 all. Neither of us can defend, he says. Um, and take them through at England's expense. Berisha steps up. Do you want him to score or miss? Quite bored of England in tournaments. Yep. Fancy a bit of a run for Kosovo, to be fair. So you, do you hope he scores? Yeah, I'd, I'd hope he leathers it top bent. Fair. Just okay. fucking, uh, I'll tell you what, I don't know. I'm just so bored of Southgate's England. I'm starting oh to become very God, bored I'm of it. Oh my God, I'm so bored of it. I feel like he did, you know, some stabilisation yeah. work. And the, it's the PR, same you know, thing as PR, but- Ole, the same thing. He did the same thing at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer where you bring a guy in, he has like this kind of nice stabilisation effect. He gets Pogba playing well. He does this, does that, gets Rashford firing, brings up Greenwood, links to Sancho, has this ideology of players that he wants to sign young and British. But when you've got players, like guys like Pochettino on the sidelines, basically gagging for a job, right? Yeah. Why, do- why, hasn't, why hasn't Pochettino taken one? If you think Juventus was... <sighs> I, I, I know he had to wait a year I, in I, November 2019 on a technicality from levy so you would have had to pay quite a lot of you'd have to pay yeah. a large fee to, to daniel levy but i think that passed now so so, so one of the weird. things one of the things i think about is um i i tend to remember chris hewton doing quite well with newcastle and then they sacked him and brought in alan pardew even though they were doing re- they were like eighth or ninth in the yeah. table after yeah. going up or uh he'd got them up the year before and they yeah. brought in alan pardew and they finished fifth i believe that season and they did really well and i just feel like when you've got the momentum but the process isn't perfect but the results are going well you 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 bring you you still have to do it you still have to look at really objectively and be like is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer going to win a Premier League title no you're you're you're, you're so right that's exactly uh, and the I same way I think about it, Southgate being like is he going to win us a championship is yeah, he going to win a yeah, world championship yeah. is, is he going to win a European championship no it's the, it's the same I see in every sport where even with players performances sometimes they cling on with a kind of just about above average performance and they hold their place down in the team, whether it be cricket or whatever team sport you want. But really failure would probably be the best thing because it forces a decision to be made and it's in the best interests. But making those hard decisions. And I think, funnily enough, there's some parallels here to Football Index because I think some very hard decisions need to be made soon. And I hope they've got the backbone to make those decisions because you're in a position now where you're not going to please everybody. But you need to make those tough decisions. And... Yeah, with Manchester United, because it's like not the Manchester United podcast, so I shouldn't be keep saying this, but I do think he's now in job trouble with oh, the squad he's yeah. got. Oh, and yeah. you know he has to take blame for Maguire and Wambasaka because they're his signings, and um, <laughs> they look a shambles at the back. I don't know how they're going to correct that. So, and Lampard's under a lot of pressure as yeah. well, Chelsea, because all of a sudden the, the the expectation now is sky high, especially with Ziyech coming back, etc. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So, okay. FI Average Joe, long-time listener, first-time question asker. I don't think he's average, by the way. 
I think what? he's above average, this Joe. But anyway, do, do you know him? No. Okay. <laughs> um, is it possible that traders have sold during part one of the bonus so they can make larger net buys for part two and get maximum value out of the 8.25% bonus? And if so, which players are most likely to rock it based on the current prices? It's very difficult because... I did have a, a tweet with, um, you know, Mr. Market was questioning where the bottom was. And I said, you know, wishful thinking. I just don't think we're anywhere. I just don't think we can make those predictions until there's some actions taken for, for Football Index, which is why I have down tools, which is quite damning. Um, so, you know, I don't really know if nothing changes, but yet we just literally transition to phase two of deposit bonus. I'm not really sure, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I can't really pick players. I mean... I guess it would be close to the Champions League by then. So we may get some, you know, De Bruyne, Kimmich, some Champions League players with some with some gold days in the group stages, Messi. But some name you know, I think, I think pe- Yeah, I think people may focus on some immediate dividends. Yeah. Um, which I won't be doing. So if I had to guess. Yeah. Uh do, 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 do. right. Dan O'Connor says, How many how much dividends do you predict Sancho winning for the end of the season? Do you see him matching bettering last year's GNA? Yes, I do. And before the end of the season, I'll say one pound seventy. I'm not sure if he'll match his G, but I think he might match or surpass his A. I was yeah. saying to you that Harlan looks quite frightening. And oh, he looks sensational. If he just puts them on the plate for him, he's he's gonna wrap yeah. this up. Mm-hmm. Got a question here from FI Frodo. It's three parts. Yes. Who will be top three dividend earners between now and the end of 2020 in each player category, MB and PB combined? So striker or forward, midfielder, defender. Um, over the next year, did he say? Between now and the end of 2020. Oh, right. Um, Neymar's escaped his abuse, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, like the, 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 has he escaped a bad? I think so. I think it'll be Neymar. And, I think KD, sorry, I think Neymar or Messi will be your strikers. I think Kevin De Bruyne will be the runaway midfielder. And I think the defender is proving more tricky, <laughs> actually, because obviously we've got Trent being slightly out of form. But, you know, he has he did look quite sharp on Monday Night Football. Yeah, he looked good against um, us, unfortunately. <laughs> the first game he decided to turn up was against Arsenal. Yeah, so I Twat. may go... Look, people are going to call me boring, but I just might, I may go for Trent. I'm trying to think, is this someone... Sergio who, Ramos, who, maybe. Sergio maybe Ramos. Maybe yeah, I'll go. Okay, for the yeah, I'll go Ramos, De Bruyne, and Neymar. Nice. Okay. okay. Uh, will Euros take place next summer? And if so, who are your top three picks for shine in the tournament from an FI perspective? I think it will definitely take place. I think it will be behind closed doors, though. Do you really? Depends which country. I think I don't. I think mm. they should just do it in one country. Yeah, I think they may change the logistics of it, but I'd be shocked if it got delayed because I think from, yeah. by the spring we'll be in a far better place yes. to, to manage COVID and and you know this winter may be may be tricky, but I think come out to the warmer weather, I think we'll be in a better fucking place. COVID. Um, Do you remember when all we used to talk about was uh, COVID on this podcast? I remember that was every such week. a shit dark time, wasn't it? Uh, the, come the full circle we, now. <laughs> the podcast we did together when um, you know when uh, Rugani got it on that famous Black Thursday or Black you know it's Wednesday and then we had the Dark Thursday. Dark Thursday. ASP come on. ASP come on. Didn't he? The yeah. After and had a chat with us. But yeah, that was um, yeah that was that was so boring talking about that. Oh, it's horrible. It's like when um, will it end? <laughs> so to, so to answer the question, Euro twenty twenty top three picks. Upper Meccano, I think he'll start for France. Yeah, that's a really good shout. I think he'll do really well. Um, Memphis for Netherlands? He seemed, a lot seems to go through him. 
Maybe. Maybe they don't have the coach, though, anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams, I think, at the top of my head. Spain, Germany, Belgium, France. Italy look quite strong. Yeah, I don't think Italy are that close. Jaden Sancho? I, I think I... Jack, no. Gre- Jack Grealish? <laughs> I'll go Grealish. Yeah, I'll go Grealish, nah, Upper I mean, Meccano. If Southgate's, not, if Southgate's going to be there, there's no chance he's playing. Grealish, Upper Meccano, Memphis Depay. That's silly from you. Um <laughs> Uh, this is football index focus for you. Here, oh, he's right? got a last one though. After an evening oh, out, on, lamb, lamb or chicken donna. Depends on the establishment. Yeah, I usually am a chicken man when it comes to donna. Yeah, if it's an above three out of five star hygiene rating, I'll go for the lamb. But if it's a below, I'll go for the chicken because I feel it's more like stock standard. Um, football index focus. Where do you stand on the view that it's counterproductive to air negativity about FI on a public forum like Twitter? Should feedback go to FI only through official channels Channels, and do traders have a responsibility to present FI in the best possible light? I zoned out, mate. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay. Basically, he's talking about the impact of social media. And I can assure you that we're completely cutting off our nose to spy our face. And we should not be hammering them on social media we should be going through the correct channels do i expect people to follow that no they've got every right to air their opinions on twitter i can't tell them what to do but of course it's damaging Hmm. got a question here from the round table how's the illness and will you be fit for monday yep so i was scheduled to go on the round table last monday but there was some last minute change of plans I think I will be 100% raring to go on the round table this Monday. Yes, so will I. Um, uh, there was some you know, conjecture going on here. Uh, Rob C, is an illness the excuse used when a transfer is imminent? Are we not finally getting the big move from Figcast to round table? Did Panda not want to be cup tied? And then round table went, it's the Coutinho bad back that gets you your move forced through. <laughs> Which I found quite funny. Fucking idiots. No chance. Get away. <laughs> no, exactly. Uh, Chris Barker's got a good one here, actually. Who are your three oh, breakout man. Premier League players of the year? Under 26 only. I think we've answered this already. Have we? Because it's a very similar question to last week. So I'm going to be a, a touch boring and say the same again. Go I'm going to go for Harvey Barnes. Yeah. I'm going to go for Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to go for... <sighs> I'm going to go for... I'm going to try and pick different ones. I'm just trying to... How old's the um, Su- Suchek, the guy, the DM at West Ham? I'm going to try it. Suchek, West Ham. Thomas. He's born in 95. Um, he's only a year He's 25. He's only a yeah, he's year 25. older than me and he looks about 50. I really like him. He looks all right, doesn't he? So I might go for him. Mm. I quite like Giovanni Lacelso at Spurs. And I think he might yeah. he might do quite well. Yep. Um, right. Who else? I, I had one more in my mind. Um, oh. Oh, I know he was quite good last year, but I, I just really like John McGinn at Villa. Oh, I think Villa. I, you know, I love that performance and I like the recruitment. And I'm not a massive fan of Barkley's brain and mm. weight of pass. But he's physically, he's very good. Physically, I thought he was offering a lot, mm. you know, going forward and linking up and, and giving Grealish some really nice options. And then obviously, um, oh, Ollie Watkins, my boy, who I slagged <laughs> off actually a bit last year. Embarrassing. You me, did, but, do you remember? Uh, no, I didn't. Well, who was it compared was, to? Who was the panda poser? Uh, Victor Ossiman. <laughs> Sorry, I don't uh, know why I laughed because Victor right, Osman's obviously so very funny, good. There was similar. It was just quite funny. I couldn't understand it. Yeah. Actually, Watkins has come and hit the ground running. But McGinn, Grealish, Barkley, and Watkins. Physically, it's, it's quali- just it's some quality there. 
Yeah, and then you've got Tyrone Mings at the back. You've got Emmy Martinez, who's probably the best keeper in the league. They're a robust... robust, (laughs) A robust-looking bunch of lads. Who else? I I need one more on the 26. Um, I can't think. I quite like Dean Ganga from West Brom. I don't know how well he'll do because of how shit they are, but... I think it'll do, you know, quite well. A quick one. FI Gardner, how good will Cavani be at Man United and will they get a Champions League spot this season? Um, <laughs> I would know, oh, to be honest. Word. I mean, they've, Cavani getting the number seven shot, oh, which is word. absolutely like, you know, pissing on Panda. Oh, I mean, that God, ultimate, that was the ultimate. That was, it was the ultimate. Oh. Just, just like sick was in my mouth when I saw that. I mean, obviously I'd had that earmarked for Sancho, the number seven. Oh, you reckon? see Cavani. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just man. find it appalling, really. You know, the days of Schweinsteiger, Di Maria, Alexis, Latan. I thought we were past that. And, you know, not we. I sound, God, that sounds bad. But, like, you know, now Cavani's there. I don't have high hopes for him, to be honest with you. And I don't have high hopes for United. They'll probably finish seventh or eighth. Um, this is from Index C. So, do you think the sentiment of the market would be completely different right now if FI simply integrated these steps in a different order? And he says, if so, I don't know if you've got this question, what would be the most positive order? But it's tricky. I mean, he's got bidding, keepers, a crap increase, big increase, 100%, five times IPD, sell orders, net buy bonus. Well, I mean, surely I, you'd, you'd can the crap increase, wouldn't you? Yeah, I don't know the necessarily the order because I think that was so what I'm thinking. So I do bidding, yeah. big increase, sell orders within 45 days of each other. Yeah. I'd can 5x inflated dividends, I'd can yeah. the crap increase, and I'd can keepers and keep keepers for next year. Yeah, I would. Yeah, And I'd do the said, net buy bonus yeah, as yeah. sell orders come in, so just yeah. after sell orders. I was so critical of goalkeepers being brought on. And <sighs> a lot of people were like, oh, you're bitter because you're not making any money on them, you're not bought them. And it was, it was never that. I mean, good luck to anyone that made money on keepers. My problem was, in a fairly thin liquidity state market at that time, it was kind of naive to be celebrating these goalkeeper wins and these, like when money was, if we just couldn't afford for it to go into keepers at that time, I think it looks an even worse decision in hindsight. It's like if um, they brought on IPOs right now. Yeah. It's, it can't happen till next year. And the thing with keepers is that um, they could have said, you know, they're going to come on live from summer 2021. It still would have got a lot of money into them and people buying in advance. So I just don't understand that decision. And then this, the small dividend increase, 30%. As I say, you move to a net impact, so then the 100% increase kind of just got you back to like plus 50% positive momentum as because it was recovering from a net negative position. And then the five times IPD, I'm afraid, smeared the double dividend increase and kind of just watered it down, sadly. So good. As a, that's probably my favourite question to index C. Right. Did I have one here? Um, so many questions I've got a good one here from Alan Cooper spreads have significantly tightened in the last day or two do you think this is market makers or traders finally appreciating the tremendous value out there mm, I haven't looked but I read between the lines that it's traders and I take that as well from a week of seeing no deposits to a spate of screenshots showing their deposits some just copying each other yeah, which is and really some just adding on green and some I don't really know if that helps stuff as well. Like, it's... Yeah, no, no, but so I think that 
it's a little bit stemming of the tide, but I don't think you can afford to just leave things because I think again things will start to fall. Yeah. So um I think we had a yeah, good I, one think from it, I think it's Facebook traders. As well. We should really be more organised with these. Do you know what? It's getting to a stage now. We we need I to just may, pick fifteen each or something like that. Yeah, and I may well have to actually highlight them and not just run through them chronologically because we may be missing some quality questions. Um we've got a question here from uh Steve Garrett from Facebook from Facebook. How is the FIFA Ultimate Team market so much more liquid than the football index market? Because everyone's got their mummy and daddy's stolen credit <laughs> and, and a funding buys on their you know Amexes and debit like unlimited purchases. That's probably uh, yeah, I mean Facebook.com forward slash football index guide if you want to go like the Facebook page. Um, this is a question from Tips for FI, go on. and I liked it because I like the player. What price price bracket will Camavinga be this time next year? Um, don't really know. Um, maybe like four or five quid. Um, I think he'd be more five and a half, six, maybe. Yeah, I think he's superb. He's really good at football. I think he'd be more really good at football. Yeah. Index puffin. Would you rather be a gazelle or a mountain goat? Ooh, a mountain goat because they can sh- they can scale sheer cliffs, How cliff faces. It's just magical. You know, I'd like to be hanging on the edge of a cliff. I feel like I was on Monday on deadline. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It says, this is interesting, from F.I. Pill? Pell? Pell, yeah. yeah. Pell, Irish character. Um, Is it true that if you play, and I don't know how this has got out, but obviously someone's uncovered it. Is it true that if you play each Figcast extra in reverse, there's a subliminal message telling people to not do their own research, forcing them to give up their own money to three-year bets, and then blame anyone themselves on Twitter when they aren't millionaires after three weeks? Uh, it's going to be one of those like conspiracy, like if you listen to one of Rihanna's songs backwards, it <laughs> says something about the devil. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it's <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Let me know if you do it. Yeah. Um, what's this here from Fatboy Panda? What is more surprising? Seeing there a picture of a man who presents Calm Down With Me or Ian Wright's wife? I tell you what, I saw this question. I really didn't think that that, looked, that was Ian Wright's wife. But I think I he talks about her quite a lot and I think they're uh, they're happily in love. So, uh, you know. I'm going to just check that. It definitely is. It definitely is. Is it? Yeah, that's definitely a white. Who is the fucking guy? Comes Nancy Halam. Nancy Halam is her name. Halam. <laughs> it's not Halam. I thought it had an accent on the A. That's my Hispanic roots coming through. <laughs> guy who who does come down with me. What the fuck? He looks weird. He doesn't. What's wrong with him? I don't know. He just looks a bit creepy, doesn't he? I guess he's got like a... I think it's quite a nice mustard suit he's got on there. That's disgusting, that. Come Dime With Me, one of the great clips of that is when the guy doesn't win it. He's standing there with his hands on his hips and he's like, more for you. He goes, you're pathetic, you know? He's that, yeah. It's one of the best ever, ever clips. That's a classic, that, isn't I it? I could imagine yeah. the producers just fit at the end of that just being, oh, that's fucking quality. Um, oh, yeah. Golden TV. Uh, 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 have we got any other good questions that are worth asking? Um, random one, Rick Steele. I'm, I think we might finish on this one. <laughs> what do you look like will we ever find out when you hear the same voice every week you need to be able to put a face to the name for some reason i can picture you looking like mclovin who me that's outrageous that is oh god 
Oh, no, 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 no. I don't look. I mean, that's. You just, kind of. A little bit. Uh, come on. <laughs> not, not like he was in Superbad. And I don't even. Look, I've, I've got dark hair and I'm Caucasian. I mean, you know, to that extent. <laughs> you wear glasses as well? Not all the time. Sometimes. Sometimes. Nothing yeah. to be ashamed but, of. I wear glasses. Because it's not. I mean, it enhances vision. But, um, <laughs> uh, although at school, people are very harsh on that. Schools are harsh really? for that type of thing. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, yeah, maybe. The braces for glasses, I mm. think it's a hostile environment. Yeah, but then you, 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 know, you flourish because you can see better and your teeth get fixed. Yeah, exactly. It was like a... Although, admittedly, I had braces and glasses, but never at the same time. There was always the girls that had braces in year eight, year nine, you know, when you're in school with them, and then they kind of flourish by sixth form into like uh, swans. Or, and the ugly duckling becomes the swan. It's true. Oh man, man. Yeah. Um, is that all we've got time for? Probably. There is a question here from Academy Award winner or FI Oscar. He talks about you know goes into quite some detail about what formation would you play, and you've got to pick eleven TV characters. Fucking you know, hell! I don't um, think we've got time for that. No, I mean you know I think he's thinking like I'd put Sherlock Holmes as the register <laughs> in his brain to like pull the strings, and I think like one of the Jetson characters on the wings for his pace on his rocket ship. I think he's thinking of that level of that level intellect, of like intellect that we just don't have time for that Oscar. No, like Tony Sop- Tony Soprano as the number nine, oh. could use him as like a battering ram to like shield the defenders. You couldn't um, use Vinnie so- Jones, could you? Vinnie Jones, probably alongside Sherlock Holmes. Oh, just that becomes the a destroyer. Middle, middle of the park. Who's like a real creative? Oh, I'll tell you the guy who I'd like. The guy who does um, the antique show, David Dickinson. <laughs> Do you know him? No, With I the don't. The orange tan. I don't. I'd have him left wing. Okay. I just think he's full of flair. All right. Um, so actually, hang on a minute. I've got I've got David Dickinson left wing. I've got Vinnie Jones and Sherlock Holmes in the middle of the park. I've got one of the Jetson cartoon characters on the right wing with the pace. I've got Tony Soprano as a number nine. I may have the character in The Wire, um, Omar, yeah. operating in the number 10, just <laughs> literally knitting everything together with his baseball bat <laughs> side to side. And then four defenders, I'll probably pick as my centre-backs, Fred and Barney Rubble um, from the Flintstones. Yeah, good, good um, shot. Popeye as a right-back. Because I just think, give him his spin. Roadrunner as left-back. Yeah, we've done it. Oh, wow. In goal, though. It's a f- it's a flat four four two, but we need a goalkeeper. Hulk. A large... Hulk. I don't. He says here. I think. I don't think he says. I think he says we're not allowed any superhero what? characters because obviously you're not allowed special features. What, what about... Just trying to think of a large, I mean... imposing TV show character. What about <sighs> large, imposing TV character? I mean, I was going to Humpty Dumpty, but Jesus you know, Christ, mate, that's terrible. That's, that's a nursery rhyme. I keep it? thinking of superheroes. Yeah, you've got to step away from that. Like, if you, what, I guess there's no one in these shows, is there? A lot of Netflix. I'm just trying. To, no one big in there. No, not really. You need someone massive, don't you? You need, well, not massive. Even if, what about if we went down the other path together and we said, let's have someone as agile as a cat? Are there any small Garfield, ferocious, but, but skinny? <sighs> Maybe Garfield then, unless some. Yeah, yeah. What about what about the lion from? Um, uh, what's it called? From. Uh, What's the f- oh, tell you, Billy, Billy Mitchell from EastEnders. I don't know who that is, mate. Oh, yeah, shit. He's like a tiny little wiry character, but I think he can leap. <laughs> All right. We'll have he reminds him me a little goal. bit of Fabian Bartes. We'll have him in goal then. Okay, we'll have him in goal. All right, well, I think that's all we've got time for. It's uh, been a it's been a, it's been a long week. It's been a it's long, long week. podcast. It feels like we've gone for way longer than an hour. I've just looked at an hour, ten minutes. Jesus, right? I'll get it over that. to you. Um, and uh, I hope everyone's doing well, mental health wise. Look, take breaks, take some time away. Um, 
this will get rectified. Don't feel bad for getting impatient. Don't take out on loved ones. Get your sleep, eat healthy, and have walks and listen to podcasts. Yeah, listen to this one. Uh, give us a review if you're enjoying it. Don't give us a bad one. Um, where can people yeah, find out more do. about what you can do? Yeah. Uh, at sporting underscore panda. I expected far more abuse on social media. I'd actually set, I was going to set up a thread and say, look, just hammer me on social media. <laughs> but people. What, like the Sancho it. roast? We could have done like a live stream. I was, I was honestly open to a Sancho roast because with great power and great, you know, popularity. <laughs> yeah, comes the other side of the coin. But oh, he man. who has the last laugh is going to laugh longest. And I'll be seeing you all. Yes. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I will be seeing you all in summer 2020. Did you actually see that see? clip of? Um, I'm sorry, I have to say this. Did you see that clip of Jay Be- Jeff Bezos trying out those um, robot hands? Those hands and I think hey, I his evil it, laugh. Yeah. Did you hear his like yeah. laugh? Yeah, and uh, that's what's that's what your laugh's going to sound like. It is going to be next year. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. Don't don't think you know. People may have won the battle, but they said won the war. And I'll be seeing <laughs> a long next cold summer. war for the last. It's going to be a lo- try and outlast me and out trade me over the next year we can start from now yeah so uh, right okay, <laughs> thank you very much everyone for listening before he cheers. draws he draws more battle lines cheers everyone